0: Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Veazey.
1: Hi, everyone. (laughs) So, yeah, as Nicholas said, I've been thinking quite a lot about community lately, um, really what the nature of community is. Uh, So, really, I'm just going to just share some thoughts by way of setting a context this morning. So, it's interesting to consider what we actually mean by community And of course there are many kinds of community, family communities, faith communities, work communities, um, towns, countries. And to think of the world as a community is kind of a mind-bogglingly wonderful thought. And we're clearly not there yet, though I firmly think we're headed in that direction. But for now, just a few thoughts on the nature of community uh, in terms of the Aspen Chapel the kind of community that we might aspire to be. I think community has a lot to do with each person taking responsibility responsibility for and inquiring into their own sense of being, belonging, and calling. By looking at those things, being, belonging, and calling, we can discover what our our individual place is within community. A community can end up being far more than the sum of its parts, but really only to the extent that each person finds out and then realises their own felt sense of being, belonging and calling. It's to the extent that we, can, that we live into and out of our authentic selves and our individual particularities that we can begin to create the kind of community that I think we at the chapel aspire to be to continue to live into our deeper callings as we willingly and robustly surrender within the conditions of our lives and as we go through the different seasons of our lives. Nicholas and I have been here for seven and a half years now and we feel so lucky to be part of this community. And there's so much more that we could be and do and realize as community. I've been thinking about the phrase, living into the fullness of our humanity. It reminds me of that old idea that it's not so much that we're humans trying to be spiritual, but that we really are spiritual beings trying our darndest to live as fully and skillfully as we can in our humanity. Finding our way through all the conditions and constraints of life on planet Earth. Thank goodness we have such good role models and that we have each other most of all that we have that innate wisdom, the source of all life and love deep within us to show us the way. It's always so striking to me how Jesus, the son of man, was able to bring together his divine and human natures into one generative whole. Jesus had an understanding of his place and purpose in the world, and he for one really did live into and fulfill his calling And the same is asked of each of us. I think the word calling is an interesting and in some ways, tricky word. I think there's an ongoing invitation throughout all the seasons of our lives to consider and reconsider uh, what our own individual calling is. Especially as we're asking ourselves how our own lives might contribute to and play a part in the wider community. Somewhere inside us, We all know that we're integral parts of a greater whole. But what does that really mean? How we approach that question seems important to me. On a more superficial level, we can get caught up with questions around what we're doing with our lives, maybe asking ourselves what we're good at. We might consider where we're putting our money, how we're using our talents and gifts, considering in what ways we're making a contribution, that whole shebang. Of course, these are good and valid questions. And I also think there's a way of approaching the question of calling from our deepened consciousness and intentionality. If we truly are integral parts of a greater whole, then it follows that we simply and foundationally are called. There's nothing to do as such and nothing to figure out. That kind of more calculative and self-conscious thinking isn't so much the point. Rather than doing anything, it's more about simply opening ourselves to a deeper willingness to give, up, to give of ourselves exactly as we are. Maybe we need to gently look out for when we get into that kind of thinking that leads to comparing or speculating or measuring and judging, that kind of self-referential stance. Because every calling carries its own mysterious weight and importance. And this, to me, is the essential thing here, that it's only through our surrendered, hands-open, arms-wide acceptance of reality, acceptance of ourselves just as we are, that we can begin to live into our deepest authenticity, our true selves, and begin to realize and live out of our callings. I'm reminded of that quote from Meister Eckhart that Nicholas mentions here from time to time about approaching meditation with an inner stance of knowing nothing, willing nothing, and wanting nothing. Willing nothing, knowing nothing, and wanting nothing. There's such a foundational humility, surrender, and availability in this inner orientation. An available openness that gives way to a fullness of life and being. And so it's through living fully within the exact conditions of our lives, with the perceived limitations, lacks, losses, all the stuff of our smaller selves, that we can find our callings. Again, there's no quick way. We can always decide to do something, change career or move to another state or volunteer at a non-profit, whatever it might be. But it's the underlying compassion is the pouring out love that is the true essence of our callings. And so maybe your calling right now is to be intentionally quietly holding someone's pain. Or maybe it's simply to catch yourself when you're being unkind. Or to practice daily the art of surrender. Or to work on being available and spacious with a difficult colleague, or whatever. The point is, it's only in and through the details of our daily living, yielding in a robust surrender and humility, that we can truly live into our authentic callings and find our generative and energizing contribution to the greater whole. Each one of us, by the very fact that we are alive and have consciousness, have an essential place in the purposive direction of love's trajectory, I think that as we align ourselves with love in this way, we will find that the desires of our so-called smaller selves will become swept up into a whole new, wider, more dynamic, more connected, generative expression of love. It's then that we have the possibility, or maybe inevitability, of creating a deeper, more generative community here. Contributing to and being part of the ongoing flow of wisdom.
0: Well, thank you for that. Maybe just uh, just taking a moment just to pause. Maybe with our eyes closed. Just open ourselves to... That calling within us to touch the deepest part of ourselves. Take our attention from our minds and into our hearts, where our souls meet with the Divine. We come here to meet with the Divine. O love divine, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, our life is an open book to the Divine. Come and cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ. Amen. I'm very grateful to Heather uh, for giving us those thoughts. Um, and I'm going to do, be doing unpacking some of that over the next few weeks. Um, we talk about sort of community here in the valley and i can remember when we first arrived one of the f- phrases as we went through town was they say, you know who are you and they'd all say well welcome uh to the community in a, in a very friendly way uh, and we talk about our chapel community and i think that's in a sense you know a bit different really do, you know do we have a community here our previous minister greg anderson was always clear about Not liking the idea of membership, because it suggests that if people are members, there must also be non-members. If people are inside the circle, there'll always be people who feel outside the circle. He always says, Greg always says that this isn't the Aspen Chapel, he says, but this is Aspen's chapel. In other words, the chapel for all of Aspen, And I think he does have a point. We do call ourselves a spiritual home for everyone, and we do tend to pick up people for weddings, memorials, and baptisms who would otherwise fall through the cracks of the more established organizations. And in that way, I think we are Aspen's chapel. But I think there is something that is the Aspen Chapel community in that there are like-minded people Who do come to the chapel for various reasons for Sunday services, for music, for art, for meditation, for speakers, or for whatever. And I've always felt a part of the chapel community, and I see a big part of my job is to foster that community. You feel that when you're here, especially at the reception afterwards, that you're part of something, part of a family. I was meeting someone in my office this week, and they said to me that the reception was like having Thanksgiving every week with the food, the buzz, and the conversation. I saw Carolyn would agree with that, given the amount of work that it takes to put on some uh, uh, some of the receptions. But there is that wonderful feeling of togetherness as we eat together. We have a community in that many times... Uh, Many of us have shared times in the past, events, things, happenings, and we feel that community of a shared past. And also the values that we share together bring us together as a community. However, you know, we have had some serious knocks over the last few years. Um, First COVID and no in-person services for about a year, no music, no programmes, and really everyone thinking about everything else. Then we lost half our staff, and that also did damage to our sense of community. I think it fractured us with the hurt that went with those people going. And since then, I think we've been struggling with the on-off effects of COVID again, and people getting out of the habit of coming. We have been able to help the homeless and do what we can, but I think there has been an inevitable dilution of the focus that we have as a community that was here before. I still feel that we do have a a chapel community, and that comprises all of you, all of the people who come on Sundays, all of the people who are watching online. It includes all the volunteers, everyone who gives up their time and money to help Make the chapel go forward. That that is the community with the art gallery, with those who come to connect, uh, the youth program. But with everything happening at different times, it can seem a bit fragmented. Over the past few weeks, you know, I've been looking at what it means to be part of that chapel community, what it says about those of us who show up, what we're about. And what good we might do in the world, because let's face it, that's what we're about. It's about doing good in the world. What kind of good might we do? So as I said, I think we are a chapel community. You know, we're an Aspen Chapel community. And that's not just about the building. It is the group of people who come together online and here and share presence with each other. Community comes from the Latin word communis, which means common, public, general, shared by all. The Dalai Lama said, we are social animals who live in communities, who depend upon each other to survive. Therefore, we need to respond to each other with love and compassion He says, scientists have found evidence revealed by young infants that basic human nature is compassionate. However, our natural instinctive compassion tends to be biased to those who are uh, close to us. And since we're all interdependent, he says, we all benefit if our neighbours are peaceful, whether they're neighbouring families or neighbouring country. Therefore, we need to extend our compassion to the whole of humanity. And that's one of the values that we have as a community here. I think that we are a community committed to personal transformation through practice. Our aim, I think, is to learn how to live together more skillfully, and specifically how to engage our spiritual lives in the pursuit of that goal. We recognize that for us, To help make the world a better place, each one of us has to to learn to become better people. I don't think we hold a set of beliefs here. Rather, we want to learn from all the great wisdom traditions, be that Christianity, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Taoism. Here in the chapel, the visually present icon of the chapel at the roundabout for Aspen. It's a reminder, our chapel, of the mind, body and spirit ideal that Aspen has. And I think, you know, that is our baseline. But although I think we share that, I sense that we could have more cohesiveness and more willingness to really put our aims into action. And I'd like to think that we can address these issues over the next few weeks and come out of this period stronger and more determined to make a contribution to our world here in the valley and beyond. I think if we look at ourselves at the moment, there's a whole group of us who identify with the chapel and its values. We like to come together and talk about them and where possible make a difference. I think that Heinz of Ward and Ward have done that with Ukraine and the work that they've done to connect with those who are in need. And afterwards, at the reception downstairs, Heinz is going to be talking a little bit more about about what that involves and and where the over $600,000 that he's raised is going towards. We've also done that uh, with the homeless people, and uh, that's gone some way to making a difference to the community. But I think for us to form a deeper community, I think think we have to be more than that. Scott Peck, who wrote The The Road Less Travelled, said that community means a group of individuals who have learnt to communicate honestly with each other, whose relationships go deeper than their masks of composure, and have developed some significant commitment to rejoice together to mourn together to delight in each other and to think of each other as we think of ourselves and i think we've got a bit of a way to go to get to that point although we choose to come together like this on sundays it's very much often a choice based on convenience rather than conviction Shall we go? Shall we watch? Nah, I'm going to play golf today. There's a part of us that does and can treat the chapel as part of our lifestyle choice—a slightly elevated form of entertainment that might give us some nice feelings. And I'm quite conscious of that as I speak here, you know, waiting to see who arrives on uh, on a Sunday. And many of you I know I'll only see on a Sunday. Um, Although I am in this community, it can still feel quite lonely being a part of the community. Most of the time in the office, I'm on my own. And the meetings that I'm involved in tend to be about making sure that we get through okay financially and legally and, and, and the building remains in good shape. I think as a community, we've got some way to go if we go beyond our masks of composure to a significant commitment to rejoice together and mourn together and delighting each other and think of each other as we think of ourselves. Do, do we really want that? Is what we have at the moment enough? I, I don't think so. I, I think that we have further that we can go. And I think the key word to that is, is commitment. I do sense among those of us that meet together on a Sunday a commitment to personal growth, or a willingness at least to consider personal growth, or maybe a liking to hear about personal growth and maybe talk about it. But for me, the baseline here is transformation. It's my baseline anyway personal transformation. You know, I want to be the best at who I can be. I love that that great quote. It's never too late to become the person that you might have been. It's never too late to become the person that you might have been. And I think we start there together. But it has to be on the level of committed personal growth rather than it would be nice approach. And not if it makes me too uncomfortable or if I have to give up golf or, or whatever. The mission of the chapel talks about redefining spiritual values to question, to seek relevant answers in a troubled world. And I don't think we can do that for our world if we're not willing to do that for ourselves. And I think that commitment to our own spiritual growth has to go beyond the, it would be nice to, to the point of, this is my purpose in life. And that, that may seem extreme. But unless your spiritual growth is your purpose in life, then maybe this game's not for you. Anything less, I think, relegates spiritual growth to feeling better. And you can always go to a spa for that. But a commitment to spiritual growth means that you're willing to be uncomfortable to that end because your spiritual growth is more important than your comfort. And that means you're willing to go beyond your comfort zones for the sake of your growth. So you get out of bed and you meditate, or you turn up here, or whatever you do. Your practice is the focus, not your comfort. So you're committed to spiritual growth, and you then seek others who are also committed to their spiritual growth, and hence being part of the chapel community, which is a spiritual community. And we come together to affirm that with each other, to say, yes, this is important to me. What the chapel stands for, redefining spiritual values, to question, to seek relevant answers in a troubled world. It's something that I would stand for. And the next stage is to put your shoulder to the plow. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back at the golf course is fit for the kingdom of God. And that means helping achieve... I've got nothing against golf, by the way. Andy. I'm particularly talking to you. It could be anything else. But you're very good at golf, I know. And so are you, Don. So I let you sort say, we have golfers who are here that could be out on the golf course right now, but they are not. So, And I play a bit of golf myself. Well, I did 40 years ago. <laughs> so that means helping achieve the ends we're aiming for rather than just hoping for them or, or even just approving them. And this week, Bruce sent an email out uh, with a request for new people to get involved in, in different areas in the chapel, in HR, in finance. He'll be very pleased that I'm mentioning this in my myself, I think, in finance, in HR, in digital content, Sunday school, music, and many others. And if you can give your time and talent, you know, Bruce wants you to let you know. Bruce, do you want to put your hand up so they all know who you are? This is Bruce. So if you want to sign up for anything, that is Bruce. Um, And it's about being here for the aims of the chapel rather than just warming your hands on them or just being here because you approve or disapprove of me or being here just because you think the chapel's doing a good job or not doing a good job. It's here for the commitment to progress that's the most important thing and what does what is the commitment what does the chapel stand for well I'm not going to boringly not that it is boring read out the mission of the chapel but it does involve include the words offering the essence of spirituality it includes the words engaging religious faith in conversation with the world redefining spiritual values those words are in the mission a center for seminars, dialogues on theological concerns of contemporary society. That's in the mission. A st- uh, highlighting the spiritual dimension of our existence for Aspen. That is in the mission. A, special, a service for special worship services, musical presentations, exhibits of art and literature, and any other efforts to seek paths to lead to brotherhood and peace. That's important. Seeking paths to brotherhood and peace, not just saying, "Oh, I don't think this is good" or whatever. It is. It's it's making it happen. Each generation, I think, in the chapel interprets this in a different way. And for me, and you know, I'm this is this is the generation that I'm in the chapel. For me, it is about participating in the eucharistness by making our own individual and corporate loving response to the world. In affirming the unitive nature of all things, our interdependence and the need for responsible global citizenship in a a world that's fraught with divisions. That's what I feel that that we're about here. I see us as supporting each other so that corporately we can express something that inspires those who come here to take the same challenge that we've taken up and put their shoulder to the plough. Fundamentally here we are, we are not about religion, we are about education. We're about spiritual education. Drawing out, educari, that's where the word comes from. Drawing out the wisdom which is within others, which is within us, so that we and they can see that they are, we are all in this together and create a more loving world. That means we give with no expectation of return. We transform our pain, rather than try and blame others and transfer it to them. That we include all who wish to come here. That we inspire these values to those who look to us locally and join up with others to reach further. There are many organisations doing the same sort of thing as us. And I think we should take great comfort in that. But we must play our part and try and represent our values here to the best of our ability. We don't always get it right. And we've had our own and we continue to have our own struggles. But at each turn, we pick ourselves up and we say, how can I do better next time? It's not how many times you get knocked down that counts. It's how many times that you get up. And no one says this is easy. By espousing these values, we naturally set ourselves up to get knocked down. But I, for one, am happy to get up and to go again. That's what you used to say in the trenches when they came back, you know, in the First World War. He used to come back, all oh, shut up and winning. Shall I go again, sir? Are we happy to go again? I think we have something unique here in this chapel, in this town, in this state in this country, and I'm up for seeing how far we can make this go. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.